Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Oh, I feel good. I knew that. Want to make 2017 your best year ever? Then let me be your teacher, your mentor. I've prepared special courses and webinars for you that will help you succeed and to give you access directly to me. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today. You have nothing to lose. Try me for 30 days and if you aren't satisfied, I guarantee you a full refund, no questions asked. Don't go it alone. Let me be your guide at mojouniversity.com. Be successful today. Oh, I feel good. I knew that I would not. I feel good. I knew that I would not. So good. So good. I got you. Thanks for joining me. This is Steve Caldwell and Today I want to talk with you about a topic that I think doesn't get much uh, discussion and that is, I want to ask you this question, how will you be known by your people? So how will you be known? You know, now this is uh, one of those things that people don't think about because it's more of a big picture discussion and uh, I've learned over the years that like most of us, uh, we as managers like to make excuses. I mean, just think about it. If uh, for a minute, most managers are constantly complaining and they love their excuses. They'll say that they're overworked. And you know what? It may be true. They may be working more hours than really uh, should be expected. Uh, but they, they just love to lean on that. Well, I'm, I'm just so busy. And then, then they'll talk about how many meetings they have to attend. And I can't get anything done because I'm in all of these meetings. Again, an underlying truth there, I have no doubt that many people are in way too many meetings. And it's my opinion that most meetings are at least twice as long as they need to be. The, the next thing uh, is that they'll begin to use all of these things as excuses for why they're really not connected with their own team members. The people that are working for them, the people that you really should have your best relationship with. And they'll say, well, I, I don't have any meaningful discussions because there just isn't enough time. There's no way that I could meet with my people every single week and have a meaningful discussion about not only their work, but what's going on in their life. And this type of, of group mentality is really causing problems all over the world when it comes to people respecting their managers, respecting their leaders, and figuring out whether or not they want to stay with a company. And it always results in the same thing. It's unhappy employees. They wind up uh, quitting. Uh, they terminate themselves. They say, I can't stand this anymore. And they go somewhere else. And guess what? The whole cycle starts all over again. 
And oftentimes these very people that left you, uh, they go to the next company and they find out it's every bit as bad or worse. And it's this mentality that says, you know, look, I've got the title and I know I have the responsibility and they kind of have to do what I want them to do, but they don't think about how they're, how they're actually developing a reputation with their own team members. And I think you've got to take that attitude to begin with. I think you have to say, it's important for me to know how I will be known by my team members. Not just perceived, but known. They have to know you well. They have to be able to relate to you in such a way that they're going to respect you and they're going to respect what you say and they're going to enjoy working with you. But many times uh, people just, they, they think uh, that they know what to do, but the reality is I think what the problem is is they really don't know how to start in making sure that they are creating the right relationship with their team. So let me give you a few tips today on how to get started on the right foot. To, to get to the point where you're not known as the person that's not dependable. You need to be dependable. You need to be consistent. You need to be reliable. But how do you get there? Well, the first thing that you can do to be able to get there is to mean what you say and to say what you mean. Now, I know all of you have heard that before, but the reality is most managers don't really communicate effectively with their people. They assume that everybody thinks the same way that they do, and they listen the same way that they do, and so therefore they, they don't have to adapt their communication style to the other person. And the, the very real truth is that you constantly have to really and truly know the other person in order to understand how to communicate effectively with them so that they do hear you. Now, how do you get there? Well, you get there by asking really good questions. You've got to use phrases with your team like, tell me what you need me to help you with. Show me what I've not yet communicated clearly. You have to be using what I call open-ended questions, open-ended statements that get the other person to talking so that you actually understand what they're thinking. When the other person's talking and you're listening, it's amazing at what you can learn. But if you're the only one talking, more than likely because you're the manager, nobody's listening. You're not listening yourself, and they certainly are not listening to you. So you've got to mean what you say and say what you mean by being very clear. Have a very clear, concise, effective communication style. And when you do that, then you're going to be able to understand all of the different ways that you need to master the art of communication. Now, another big one that I think is, is a huge problem, and I, I, because I deal with a lot of different people, I get to see this all the time. And that is, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you meet your commitments? If you tell somebody that you're going to call them at a specific time, do you call them? If you have an appointment, do you show up on time or are you always late? And be honest with yourself. Ask yourself how often you're late. 
how often are you? If, if you can say that you're late more than one time or you don't meet a call more than one time, guess what? You've got a problem. Now, that may be, sound harsh to you, but the simple fact is that if you want to stand out in this world today, I can tell you, if you just do this one thing, you're going to stand out and you're going to be considered exceptional. If you call people when you say you're going to call them, and you show up when you say you're going to show up, they respect that. One of the things that, that I realized, because I, I knew that I needed to make sure that I put things on my calendar to make sure that I got on time where I needed to be. And so I started putting in time that allowed me that little 15-minute buffer that gets me at the right spot at the right time so that I'm prepared for it. And I love calling people on time, talking to them on time. And what I've learned is that most people are not doing that, so it's considered unusual. I can't tell you how many times I call someone and they're not where they're supposed to be. They weren't ready for our meeting because they were not on time. And yet, I'm I have to leave them a voicemail or I, I have to say, hey, I'll call you back in five minutes and... Nearly always I get that call back or that says, hey, you know, uh, sorry, my meeting ran over. And, you know, what are you really saying when that kind of stuff happens? All it says is that you weren't in charge of your own schedule. You weren't paying attention to what you should be paying attention to. And the problem with that is that you're developing a reputation with others that says, hey, they're not going to be on time anyway. Uh, true story, and this this was something that drove me absolutely crazy when I first moved uh, to San Francisco and started selling in San Francisco. I would schedule uh, little coffee sessions or, or lunch meetings or meetings in person with people. And I got to tell you, San Francisco has proven to me that business people in San Francisco are not really very dedicated business people. Now, I know that's going to make some of you mad, and I don't really care because I've had the experience of over a year and a half of meetings where I can guarantee you that 95% of the meetings that I had, those people did not show up on time. It was so frustrating to me. I finally got to the point where these were people that had requested meetings with me, not just me requesting meetings with them. And I would show up on time, and then they'd want to come in 15 minutes late. And I, it just gave me the, uh, the impression that, you know, you don't really care. You're not a real serious business person. Because a serious business person is not going to do that. They're going to be where they're supposed to be, and they're going to be on time. So I had to actually develop a process. And I'll tell you, this got really... Uh, interesting for me because I, I, I developed what I call my 10-minute rule. If they had not shown up or called me or let me know that they were running late by the time 10 minutes had passed, I got up and left. I just said, I'm, I'm done with this, and I refused to reschedule with that person. Now, that may seem harsh, but the reality is I'm a serious business guy, and I've got commitments that I'm meeting, making to other people, and I'm not going to let you or anybody else screw up my commitment to somebody else because you couldn't manage your own calendar properly. To me, that's no excuse. 
And you see, people do this all the time with their team members. They'll schedule a one-on-one -on -one for Friday at 2 o'clock. Friday at 2 o'clock shows up and they're not ready. They don't, they're, they're running late or they forget it. And they don't have it and they say, well, we're just going to have to push it off till next week. And next week becomes next, next month. And the next thing you know, it may be three months before you've had a meaningful conversation with that team member. You see, commitments show you care. You've got to be able to, to say what you mean and then follow up on it. It's real simple. You want to stand out, start doing it, and you'll find that you're one of the rare ones that is doing it. Now, the other thing that I believe you have to do is I believe you have to respond quickly to people. I, I'm always amazed that people that are supposed to be leaders and managers, exceptional people, and they can't manage a simple thing like an inbox. They let their inbox get totally out of control in their email, and they don't respond sometimes for several days at a time. Now, I know that a lot of people teach, well, you know, you, you got to ignore emails and all this, but I'll tell you right now, if you're not managing it, your email in such a way that you can keep up and decide what's important and what's not important, it's 100% certain you're going to miss something that's important. And so you've got to schedule checking your email so that you've got it on your calendar, you check it, you clean it out, you master it. When I first started in management and business, one of the uh, exercises, I was working uh, for the Bell Corporation, and this was before divestiture, so this was uh, long before uh, we now have AT&T and all these regional uh, companies. But the, they had a really interesting way of determining how well you could manage your time. Uh, they would give you an inbox full of different things to do. And they put a timer on you and they watched to see how well you managed that inbox. In other words, could you determine quickly what was important, what was not important, and could you pass it on? In other words, would you take action? And I found that to be really interesting. And I think that today, frankly, we'd all be better off if before we promoted managers and put them in charge of people that we could actually watch how they actually handle an inbox, meaning today their email, because we don't have the hard paper so much anymore. It's all in electronic form. And I found that if you have a little bit of organization and you think about it a little bit, you can be known for being very responsive because you can plan to be responsive. Don't use it as an excuse that you just get too much and you can't do it. You aren't thinking. Your job is to think and to plan. So be known by somebody that shows up on time, that responds quickly to people, and thirdly, that you're pleasant to others. You can't allow the busyness of your schedule and the number of tasks that you have to complete to make you unpleasant as a person. You've got to maintain control of that. You've got to have a good attitude. You cannot have an excuse for having a bad attitude. You have to be positive because your people are going to respond to you and your leadership. So, if you do that, you're going to be way ahead. You're going to be known for being a person that is in control and reliable and consistent. 
And then the final thing that I'll just remind you is don't be making excuses publicly. The fact is, nobody likes to listen to them. They don't want to hear it. And here's a secret for you. If you hadn't figured this out, most people don't believe you anyway. They think you're lying. They think because you're making excuses that, hey, you maybe you're just not really cut out for the job. So don't do those types of things because if you do it very often, I promise you, you're going to be ignored. Now, there's three big actions that I've given you that you can take to the bank that you're going to be known for being a person that does the right thing. Mean what you say, say what you mean, meet your commitments, follow up, be on time, and then finally, avoid excuses. In other words, be a proactive planner and be very positive. I'm going to finish uh, this discussion by quoting you uh, a, a wonderful quote that Dabo Sweeney, the head coach of the Clinton Ti- uh, Clemson Tigers, excuse me, uh, they won the national championship last year. They happened to beat my favorite team, Alabama. But Dabo is a great coach and a great leader of his team. And I love this quote that he said. He said, do the right thing when no one else is doing it and don't do the wrong thing even if everyone's doing it. Those are wise words to live by, and I hope you'll take them to heart and that you'll become the absolute best manager, best leader that you can be. And if you do, guess what? You're going to look up and you will have found that you have become the leader that others want to follow. Steve here, and one last reminder, I want to thank you for listening to the show, and I want to encourage you, go over to mojouniversity.com. Before you forget it, make sure you sign up for our training site, and let me be your teacher this year. I promise you, you're going to be successful. You're going to love it. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today.